Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders here on Reality Pop. It's myself and Drew only here today. Chantel sadly can't make it, but Drew, I'm really excited to talk about the latest episode of the Challenge. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm happy to talk about half of the episode because I feel like that's all we got was half of an episode this week. <laughs> this was so strange for me to watch because I've I've never had to recap about an episode that didn't have an elimination. So I've been recapping in the preseason <laughs> about Survivor. There's always someone getting, well, I guess there's certain votes where people don't get voted out and they go to Redemption Island and they can come back. But most of the time, there's actually a conclusion to the episode. You know, mm -hmm. this kind of feels like a draw. And I know you Americans don't do draws over there. So it's kind of like watching soccer, which, you know, I hate draws in general. How, how, does, <laughs> how does this come? Like, how does people feel about episodes like this over in the US? To me, it's like a little bit of a strange one. Uh, personally, I hate cliffhangers. I mean, we have normally 90 minutes uh, to get through everything. And people will say, because I've seen like comments that are like, oh, at least we have 90 minutes because if it, we didn't have 90 minute episodes, we would have more of these cliffhangers. But not too long ago, the challenge was an hour and we got daily missions and we also got eliminations along with house drama. Like there is a way to put it all together. Uh, but I did, I did share a conspiracy theory on why I think they did a cliffhanger specifically for this week, uh, an hour only for this week and next week. And I shared that on tiny table doc, but uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a weird one. I personally don't like it. And a lot of my, a lot of the people in my comment section, so my review and recap have are stating the same thing. They don't like it whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. It's like we need to make sure we fill a certain amount of episodes because the network wants us to do 18 episodes. So let's throw in a non-elimination somewhere. But I bet you fast forward a couple of weeks into the future, we're probably going to get a purge. There's going to be a bunch of people being let go. So they could have still fitted in a full episode here. But I think I'm on the same wavelength as you in regards to why they potentially made this a cliffhanger. Um, and I think we're going to get into it as we continue through the episode because obviously things escalate throughout the episode. And um, love by you, Welcome here in the live stream. Uh, Love by you says that they don't care. I'm still team Esther and we're definitely going to get into st team Esther um, and what my feelings are with Esther this episode because it was an Esther, Josh, uh, Fessy, Amber, a little bit of Casey heavy episode uh, this specific time around. But I want to sort of start, you know, I know, I know we don't normally do things chronologically on this podcast and we just talk about whatever we feel like, but I do want to go back to the start here in the early stages when we see that relationship between Emmy and CT continue to evolve. And mm -hmm. both yourself and Chantel, um, you guys sort of were onto it a lot quicker than me last week. And you said that this is potentially something that's going to continue to evolve throughout the season. We might see both Emmy and CT become partners i was kind of like 50 50 i didn't see it at that point but i feel like i may be a week late to the party but i do feel like there is definitely something there the producers are setting us up here for some sort of a ct and emmy type of relationship and emmy for me this episode as well as a whole i, I started just really um enjoying her a lot more i didn't really enjoy her the previous episode i was kind of over her mm -hmm. having these tantrums and things like that it just didn't but i think i get who she is as a person a little bit better now. I saw it through the eyes of Emmanuel and Bernard and CT. Um, and she's definitely becoming a little bit more likable here. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I wasn't expecting to have two different scenes where she was talking with CT saying like that was a really long scene. I felt like with CT changing his clothes, which I'm not complaining about, but <laughs> there was a long scene where CT got his own confessionals about gushing over Emmy. Emmy is talking about how CT is like an uncle to her. And then not only that, but we got another scene when she was in the club singing her new single and CT is just in the back glowing. And then he gets another confessional being like, Oh, gosh, I really like Emmy. I really want to be paired up with her. And it's just like you're laying it on very thick that this is going to be coming a, a true soon. So, I mean, something's going to happen to where they're going to be paired up with each other. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I got some like, I don't know if I was the only one. I was like, you know, CT kind of interested in her a little bit more than just <laughs> partners. Like, uh, like it was a bit weird because you're right. Like you saw a glow in his eyes that I haven't seen in CT on the challenge for a long time when talking about a partner. Cause most of the times, you know, he doesn't really get it. Like he, he's great, but you know, in a lot of partner situations, he's had some tough partners in the past where he didn't get along with them that well. Um, you know, him and him and big T last year was a great example of it. Where definitely with big T from the start, I got that there was no interest from his side. He just saw her as like a little sister. He wanted to train, but there is something here. Maybe he sees a little bit of himself in someone like Emmy where he was a bit of an outcast when he first came to the challenge he struggled to find his place and his footing there where a lot of people didn't understand him and obviously had a lot of personal stuff going on when he came onto the challenge with his brother and all that stuff that sort of drifted in there maybe he sees her as a bit of an outcast and he can sort of relate to her and maybe that's what it is but it was a very interesting dynamic there between the two of them and, and you're right the camera was on him for such a long time and i was like hey camera focus on his face you know because they kept <laughs> going down so it was i'm sure the girls who were watching didn't complain no oh, definitely not um another thing i want to bring up is that uh, it could be like someone uh, he sees how strong she is physically but also he just sees how like strong she is and how much of a fighter she is i mean yes she it gets emotional but she is being very like like she's taking in all the advice that he's always giving her and we saw that happen at the end of the episode five mission and i think he sees that she does want to learn that she does want to play this game and she is making some friends she has emmanuel and she is able to talk to everyone, but she does feel like an outcast. And I mean, some people have made the mention that maybe Emmy is like, I don't know, kind of like how Kara was starting out. She was very much an outcast and CT and Kara were very strong with each other, have a very strong bond with each other. So maybe he sees a little bit of Kara in her and mm. maybe they're just clicking better than maybe CT and Berna are. And I, maybe CT is getting frustrated with Berna. She's always hanging out with Nelson. Maybe that relationship is getting stronger and she's deciding to hang out with him more. And CT wants somebody who's going to have her, their head in the game and want to run with somebody with their head in the game. So I maybe, maybe that's where he's like, I see the fire. I see the passion where maybe he's not seeing that all the time with Berna or maybe their connection isn't as strong as say, uh, as the game moves on with, with it. So no, 100%. And you bring up a good point here with Berna because, you know, in the challenge that they actually do here on the day, Berna's sort of heads in the sky. She's just enjoying being out there. The experience, you know, CT's trying to focus on actually uh, what's happening, trying to win the challenge. So clearly they are on different wavelengths here. Um, and, you know, one thing you can't fault Emmy for is the fact that she is extremely passionate about doing mm -hmm. well. You know, her her scene where she's uh, you know, paired with Yui, tapping on Yui's leg to try and get him 
them to like focus and saying that you know Huey's asleep at the wheel and he's not doing anything. I I was in stitches when I saw that. Um, <laughs> and really, really starting to um grow on me. And then love by you here in the comments says that I told you guys it's just because she's young. She's not that bad. She is a bit babyish, which is true. I think that that victim attitude is something I personally don't um relate to very well there was a little bit again of this in this episode where she can't work with yui and and that but i think that if she gets a strong partner with her maybe that will change now if it doesn't change when she's got a strong partner <laughs> that's a whole different story um speaking the truth here welcome to the live stream as well says that emmy is a likable person she's just not a great competitor in the challenge um in her opinion um and then love by you also says what's wrong with burner um, I think that, uh, Drew, you kind of explained it a little bit. She's got love goggles on, and she's more focused on Nelly T, potentially, and also um, just the experience of being out there. I think Berna is one of those people that really takes in everything that she does, and she probably just enjoys the journey of being on there. I don't think Berna, realistically, she does come across as a competitor, but I don't think realistically she's thinking she's going to win this show. Yeah, I mean, and... As the and it's 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 probably not even anybody's fault. Like it's that they're not like communicating well with each other. Maybe just as the game progresses, they're all just going in separate ways and hanging out with other people in the house. I mean, when uh when hearing some interviews from Berna, she said that she didn't really talk much with like Devin or uh some of the people in the house. And we know from last season, CT was working very closely with Devin. So I mean, if they're not hanging out with the same groups of people or the same clicks or they're just not talking as the game progresses i mean sometimes you just branch out and you kind of just like at first you want to have a good partner but sometimes you just don't gel when you get to learn more about somebody or it, it's a different way in the house or the way the season goes so i mean i don't know if it's anybody's problem or or one person's issue i think it's just maybe they're just not feeling the connection anymore and they feel it in other people and they may want to go in separate directions. Yeah. So let's talk about another two people here in this challenge uh, house that are starting to form a little bit more of a connection or it's getting more solid, I should say. Um, and let's look firstly, I know you're thinking I'm going to go straight to Esther and Josh. Let's stay away from that for a second and go into Nani and also Casey here. You know, Casey, takes Nani on a little bit of a date. Now, sadly, we don't have uh, our normal relationship expert on the panel here, Chantel, <laughs> who can talk us through this, but I will do my best in her absence. So, you know, she did quite a good job here. You know, the, like, the rose petals all the way mm -hmm. into the platform in the middle of the water. There was some strawberries and chocolate, you know, nice wine. She's really putting on a big effort here to um, really court Nani in a way that Nani probably should be courted. And that relationship continues to evolve, which is quite interesting. But it's interesting to see the dynamic here because Nani is also really good friends with Josh. There's a bit of a conversation happening there between them where Casey is saying that she feels like she's in the middle. Josh is playing selfishly um, and he does play for them a little bit, but more so for him. Really interesting dynamic here. Um, I'm really interested to see where this relationship is going to evolve. And do you think that Casey and Nani this relationship is something that's going to stand the test of time? Or do you think that this is something that we see it for a, maybe a season or two and it's like a lot of the other challenge relationships, it is going for a breakup city at the end of it? I think they have a good shot at sticking with each other. I mean, we saw that connection happening in Total Madness and then we didn't see much of it happen in Double Agents, which I don't know if that was just them not putting her on camera. There's other personalities. They didn't want to put 
anybody's business out there because I know Casey got into quite a bit of hot water when some with her personal relationship at home uh, when all that was going on. But I mean, that's that's Casey's problem. I mean, the the show can show whatever they want. Uh, so I, it was just weird that we didn't see anything in Double Agents after getting it so heavy in Total Madness and then coming into this season. They're coming in. Uh, they both say they were single and they're coming in. I, to me, it's standing the test of time because it sounds like both Nani and Casey are living in Florida right now and having a good time hanging out and possibly still uh, dating. So, I mean, they're still going strong. And uh, you can just tell that Casey is very much so into uh, Casey. And uh, it, it seems like the chemistry and connection and emotions are there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Casey is a very low drama kind of person. It's what makes it so interesting to have her on a show such as The Challenge or Big Brother mm -hmm. and a reality show in general because I think that that's probably something Nani probably needs in her life. She's had a lot of drama around her with relationships and people she's dated in the past. I think that they balance each other out pretty well. And Nani, for me, I think I spoke about this in previous podcasts as well, has really grown on me over seasons because you can just see that evolution even in Nani, which maybe that's a future video. I don't want to put more work on you <laughs> at this stage. I know you've got a lot of work going on with the Cairo video, but you know, she was there in the beginning. She was this young party girl, uh, a little bit messy, probably like some people are messy now. And she's just evolved and become so mature to the point where she's now seen as someone that a lot of people want to work with. She's very calm. Like this is a very different Nani to the Nani that we saw starting the challenge, like, you know, maybe eight or nine or 10 seasons ago, however many seasons she's done. Yeah. She's doing a great job this season. I mean, I don't know. A lot of the vets are sitting pretty. I mean, they can put their feet up, do whatever they want. They're being able to relax. Uh, we talked about even Amanda coming in with not a ton of enemies. And that I mean, that was her big deal was, coming into a game where her feet were put to the fire early and often uh, because of who was on the cast list. But I don't know. Everybody gets to breathe in, unless you're a rookie and then, and Amber and you're going to get uh, sent in. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting season thus far with how the politics and strategy are going. Um, just wondering when we're going to see a lot more shifting going on. And, I feel like at the end of this episode, we're going to see some shifting happening in the next episode because of what happens in this one. Yes, 100%. Now, let's get into the bit of a shock. I think it was a shock for me. I don't know if it was a shock for you, but Josh finally gets a love connection um, on the challenge. I know he's tried a few times. He's never really had those feelings reciprocated. Um, and him and Esther starts getting closer and closer. Uh, we see them make out in the room and saying, you know, being real schoolgirly and, you know, kind of <laughs> high school about it, like, oh, yeah, you know, um, and, and what was really funny, and, and this stood out for me, was when Esther was asked by the producers, what do you like about Josh? And she says, I, I don't know. You know, And I feel like that's kind of the fandom this year. We're all thinking we're liking Josh more and more. And then people ask us why, and we're like, we shouldn't be. We don't know why, but we are liking him more now than what we did a couple of seasons ago, or even maybe one season ago. Yeah, I mean, that was shock. That was shocking. The one thing that was unpredictable thus far in this season is Josh making out with Esther. Like yeah. I had to do a double take. I had to, there, there was a point where I'm like, I could call like every, pro I could probably call every single beat that's going to happen in these episodes, but I could not have counted on that or predicted that it was, it was quite shocking. 
It was left field, but um, you know, for me, the funniest thing is that you've got Fessy and Josh not on the same page, not talking mm. to each other. Esther is with Fessy, you know, and it's just gonna become more and more of a mess, I guess, as the season continues to to progress, because it does look like you know Esther's saying, "Let's not get my feelings involved in this. Um, think with your head, Esther." But I do think Esther really likes Josh um, probably more than what she should. And Fessy and Josh, as we're going to see this episode, are just going to really, really bump heads towards the end, which I don't want to get straight into that. But, you know, good on Josh for, you know, finding that person there, someone that he connects with. And, you know, Esther, Mm -hmm. one thing about her is I think that she's extremely loyal. And that's something that um, I have seen a lot growing up within the African culture when I was in South Africa growing up that, you know, African women stand by their men. And that's something you need to understand about Esther um, because she's defending Fessy so drastically in this episode. I think a lot of fans who don't understand that culturally might look at that and say that, you know, what are you doing, Esther? You know, you're tanking your own game here for Fessy and things like that. But that is a cultural thing that, that you know, African women in general really, really stand by their men. They protect them. And I think that that instinct in her just naturally is coming out on the show when Fessy is being attacked. Yeah, I mean, she is she is very loyal. And, it, and it's almost kind of like how Josh plays the game uh, coming into this season. He's so loyal that it's almost he's too loyal to a fault. And that's the mm. only thing that I think could be hurting Esther's game is how ride or die she is to Fessy. Now, granted, that's her partner. She should be in his corner as long as they're working with each other. Uh, But with a season that could be so volatile and you could be switching partners at a drop of a hat, uh, one person could just easily pick him. And then now she's on her own or she's doing something else with somebody else as her partner. And so it's you got to be able to back up a partner, but also like be able to have that restraint to know like something could happen, something could change, and then we could be moving around and then we're not even partnered up with each other. And then a target could be put on her back. But I mean, she has she has Berna, it seems in this episode. She has Amanda. She has Fessy. I mean, she has numbers in the game. So I don't know. It just the whole thing that happens at the end of this episode, we'll get to it, but uh, yeah, I mean, she is, she is loyal. And that's one thing that you could definitely say about her. Speaking the truth uh, says here that he legit cheered for Joss when he was making out with Esther, like you go boy. Um, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I was kind of happy for Josh as well. Like Josh, Joss has continued to grow on me. Like I know it's in the beginning, it was feeling really icky to say that. And I just couldn't get like, cause I mean, I've had a history of Josh watching him in big brother. I didn't like him in big brother. He came into the challenge. I was like, Mm -hmm. why did you bring this guy to the challenge? But he is also somebody I think that is starting to find his feet within the challenge world now. And he doesn't feel the need to always be over the top to try and get it. Like who he's taken on that now. Like for me, who he is mm-hmm. with his blowups in the previous episodes, that was Josh 1.0. That was the Josh that I was thinking like, you're just making drama for the sake of making drama, trying to get back onto the TV show, which can you fault the guy? I mean, these guys make really, really good money being out there on the challenge. You know, they, oh, yeah, you know, I don't fault him fully for sort of leaning into that, but it was annoying and I kind of felt like it was overplayed. But, you know, overall, really still happy with Josh this season. I think that he's really matured. His his friendship with Devin is something that's very interesting as well. And we'll definitely talk about that again towards the end of the podcast as well. But I do want to go into the challenge here. The challenge was, um, you know, two cars that were going to go out there and do drifties around these cones. <laughs> and they had to look at um, different symbols 
memorize it and then unlock a lockbox. Um, and the first thing that I thought, Drew, if I was on that car, I would have been vomiting all over the place. I don't know if you remember as a kid being on a seesaw, how dizzy you can get after oh, a while yeah. being on a seesaw. So for me, I was looking at this and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's like it, it looked interesting, but it was quite interesting to see that the people who actually dominated once again is those big brother alliance. They were the top three teams. Like it's just they what are they doing at the moment that are making them just that much better than the the rest of the the competitors out there i just think that they're working well with their partners and they're coming in with a good strategy i mean they're i think josh and ashley were one of the first people to be up there mm. but they had a very solid strategy going on um i also think that a lot of the vets can be kind of like I don't know, they can relax a little bit knowing that, hey, we don't have to go out there and win every single thing, especially yeah. if there is a rookie-rookie team and Devin and Amber were able to win against Huey and Emmy. So, I mean, they were able to just be like, cool, shoo, we won our heat. So they we know definitely they're not winning. So we're good. And so I just think that they can relax. But yeah, Big Brother is doing something well with these weird challenges. I mean, they're carnival games almost. I'm This one was... Not my favorite, very mm. bottom of the barrel. If we're, we're ranking these missions, this one was very low in entertainment value and it wasn't really fun to watch. There was one time I just thought it was funny because there was they put GoPros on all the people's <laughs> hats and they cut to CTs and he's just staring at the trunk and it doesn't look like his head is moving. And it's like, I don't think this is how the producers or the editors were hoping that it was going to look or how it was going to go. They thought maybe it was going to be cool. They could have some pov shots that were the cameras going all around but nobody was having it um but yeah i mean they're just knocking it out of the park top three this episode was the big brother and their partners it was it's crazy yeah i mean we've had what about six challenges now so far and and mm -hmm. i think big brother has won like four out of the six or something like that it's it's been a pretty dominant sort of display here from them because i think fessy and esther they've won and again my memory is horrible so you correct me if i'm wrong i feel like they've <laughs> won like three and casey and um emmanuel has won like one at least so i feel like they must have done quite a few out of the the ones that have been done so far yeah fessy and i know fessy and esther won two and Shoot, then okay. Casey won one and then Josh came in second like twice or came mm. in third top three in a few of them. So, I mean, they're all doing relatively well being up at the top come in these challenges and finishing them. Yeah, you're right. So because the other two were Tori and um, whoever she was with one Ed. episode. Ed, yes. And then also the first one was Logan and Anissa. So yes. the, the rest of them were all won by Big Brother, I think. So uh, pretty pretty dominant display. And like you said, you know, they're doing well at the carnival games. You wouldn't think that playing in a, in a game show where you're locked up in a house would translate so well to a show such as The Challenge, you know. But <laughs> what the challenge producers do really, really well. And I hear you on this challenge not being probably the most entertaining one when it comes to watching it. But one of the things for me, I feel like they've got better balance than Survivor, you know, in some ways is that they really do throw different things at people. Like Survivor can get very one-sided sometimes. Like it's always the same challenge over and over. There's like a puzzle component to it at the end. There's an obstacle course component to it to the beginning. So it becomes predictable where with the challenge, at least they throw different things at it and they keep people on their toes. Um, but it is interesting though, to see that everybody that sort of reacted 
the way you would think um, they would react to it and be very calm with this challenge. Well, all of the experience, all the vets there, they've, mm. they, they're used to these kind of things being thrown at them. And it was like the newbies who, who really freaked out. Like you saw, um, like it, well done to Esther for being a newbie who got it together in the middle of the challenge. Cause there was one point that her eyeballs were so big when she was on there <laughs> thinking, what the hell did I just get myself into? Cause she would have never done anything like this in her life before doing this. Um, but Overall, I do think that this is where that experience comes into play as well. These guys, these Big Brother guys, they've had a few seasons now. This is their fourth season for most of them, I think. And uh, Josh may have done one or two seasons more than Casey and and Fessy at this point. So that's really translating well into this challenge for them here. And we also find out here when Emmanuel does really well that Emmy says that, you know, he's a beast, he's a monster. Um, if he does win this, he's going to uh, pay for my next music video. <laughs> yeah i mean good on him i mean and then he's saying that he wants to help out emmy and say putting that in the middle of the mission you're kind of like okay that's feeling like it's tipping off like something is happening why is emmy talking about emmanuel in the middle of this and why is emmanuel talking about how he needs to win this to keep emmy safe or emmy is his sister kind of thing so i feel like the challenge tipped its hand in that way in the middle of this mission but yeah, I mean, it was very interesting to hear uh, them all talk about the mission. And I mean, it looked exciting if you were doing it. it. To me, it just wasn't exciting to watch. I mean, I know what you're saying about the Survivor one, but at least it's testing something. I liked mm. last mission because there was an obstacle course. It's putting their math skills, their puzzle skills. You know how that's going to translate in the challenge. This one ultimately helps or tests people's vision if they have 2020 vision and if they can communicate with their partner well enough is basically what it boils down to with this one that's testing it. Uh, you're not really going to see them getting on top of two cars in the finals or anything. So I think that's where it kind of gets like, okay, we're just seeing them on, strapped on cars. They're not really doing a whole lot, but fidgeting with numbers on a lockbox. So I think that's where the difference is. I would rather see them holding up their arm or being on a giant pole, uh, having to wait it out for an endurance competition, because I feel like that that that's getting them to do something in the mission. So, yeah, and it also plays into, I guess, what most of these guys kind of train for. I mean, yoga uh, actually put in all that yoga work beforehand. I don't know how it helped her <laughs> in this specific challenge. And we see Nelly T and all of his workouts and things like that. You know, these guys aren't training to do challenges such as this, they're tra training to do something physical or athletic. And then, you know, the challenge throws something like this at them, which has got nothing to do with all of that, which is, it's funny because we continue to not really get much um, from, uh, I feel like Corey and, and Nelson throughout the episode. Um, yeah. Obviously we'll talk about the one scene that Nelson got towards the end. Cause I thought that was hilarious, but um, you know, at the end of the day, we don't see much from them. Uh, and I keep forgetting that Bettina's in the show as well, you know, um, but her laugh, pure gold. <laughs> Pure gold every time, you know, um, the most unique laugh that I've ever heard on the challenge. Maybe in yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I used to work at uh, Coke and there was one there was one lady that laughed oh, very similarly to Bettina and she would go all out whenever she found something funny. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, Corey is Corey and Nelson for for being on the challenge for so much. They've they really hit the shadows uh mm as of right now until we get to the ending where Corey's just stirring the pot all he can between Fessy and uh and then Nelson with the pizza so it's just weird it is weird we get one scene with Corey talking to the driver telling him to stop the car and he's joking around and stuff but besides that 
nothing. Like nothing. legit nothing this episode or even much of last episode. It's just weird to me. Yeah, he did. He did sort of egg Fessy and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Amber on towards the end. It was like the one naughty scene from him there, uh, which was quite funny. But again, I agree with you. They're such they're two such big characters. We both had them as our number one one guy picks, and they just there's just been absolutely nothing from the, them this season. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I still think they're probably going to go deep into this. I feel like somewhere down the line, Fessy's going to get clipped or something's going to happen with him this season. I mean, we'll definitely talk about that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're not getting that from them. Now, I am quite interested. I talked about, um, you know, the whole, uh, he reminded me of Johnny Bravo in the previous one and the whole cartoon thing. And I send you a clip of that afterwards because you guys both should tell and yourself didn't know who that was do you agree that there was a resemblance between nelly t and uh, uh johnny bravo um on the show because he kind of comes across as a cartoon character for me a lot this season more so than just the player i'm loving it though i'm loving what what nelly is giving me i, I think it's super fun and enjoyable I mean, from the muscles and him kissing his muscles, I can see it. But I mean, that's pretty much all I could see between them. <laughs> it just needs to bleach his hair blonde. You know, I reckon it would be like 100% the same thing. Um, so, yeah. So I guess going into it, we get Emmanuel and also um, Casey here winning this specific challenge. And mm -hmm. we've got the 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 uh, I guess the party scene that comes up here. And a lot of different people are talking and um, we see that Amber is someone that a lot of people are not too happy with. Or I guess it was Berna and Esther really sort of started that conversation saying that she's so fake and that she continues to whine and complain about what happened to her. And then they do this editing on Amber that makes her look like this crazy person and this fake person. Like they're so good at the editing with this. What's your feelings on it? Because I've got pretty strong feelings on it as someone who really loves Amber on the show. So first of all, I'm going to I'm going to come out. I think the last tiny table talk, I will have a counter for every time. I'll go rewatch all the episodes again and put a fake counter every time somebody has called somebody a fake or a snake <laughs> in this season because we're in episode 6 and it feels like 15,000 times somebody has called somebody fake. Um it's just weird. I don't understand all the amber hate. I even put it out on a tiny table talk where I was just venting my just baffled and confused mind. It's like I, I related myself to Mugatu from uh, Will Ferrell's character from Zoolander being like, am I taking crazy pills? Why is everybody on the Amber hate train when we have not seen anything? Like you would think that mm -hmm. if she is like, you would think that because of everybody being around her for 24 seven, they would know something more than us who get to see the episode for an hour and a half. And sometimes Amber will come on and sometimes she will not be on a single a minute of the episode so you would think they would know something we don't but if her true colors are her being fake and annoying and being something like doing something that people would hate you would think that the producers or the editors would make that apparent to us or make it apparent in some way to the audience to where we're not like scratching our heads going like why is Big T, who was friends with her last season, doing this whole fake sleeping thing, going like, oh, is Amber upset about being blindsided again? Or Esther and Berna sitting in the back of the room being like, oh, she's fake. Like, we thought it was just Casey and Fessy, but apparently everybody dislikes Amber, and I don't understand it. She seems relatively nice. Maybe she is a little naive. Maybe she is harping about Fessy's blindside, but I mean... 
come on now. Like it was a blind side. Like he even said, I didn't tell you you were going in. So what is she just supposed to assume like, oh, I just assume that I'm going to go in when Fessy is when there's like 14 other rookies that you could send in. I'm just supposed to guess like, oh, yeah, I'm probably going to be sent in. No, that's dumb. I don't buy that. She should know that Fessy's going to send her in. Like, I don't know. I just I, I just don't understand it and I don't like it. I really don't like it. Yeah, listen, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It might make for a boring podcast, but I'm 100% on you on this whole I don't get the Amber hate. I'm a big I, – I love Amber. I think she's great. Uh, I love her on the challenge. I hope that she continues to come back on the challenge. I think the real big problem here is that Amber, because she's such a nice person, because she's such a genuine person, a lot of the times – People on shows like this where they've had to betray people and they've had to do some pretty grimy things in the past, it makes them feel bad about who they are as people and what mm. they've done. And they are projecting that on someone like Amber who comes onto the show and they're like, she can't really be that nice. She can't really just be a normal person and also do the challenge. She must be fake. You know, this must be a front that she's putting on. And I feel like yeah. that's what they're pushing her way. And I'm with you a hundred percent. Like one thing you cannot say about Amber is yes, she's maybe a little bit gullible. She's a little bit naive in certain situations. She should never have trusted Fessy and Casey to begin <laughs> yeah. with. And she definitely trusted Casey way too much um, to begin with coming into this. And Casey really played her probably even more so dirty than Fessy because Fessy didn't give her any reassurance um that he was going to keep her safe casey was the one that was talking to amber and we find out that amber and fessy didn't even really talk before fessy sent amber into the elimination so in that sense i get where fessy is coming from where he's saying well me and you didn't really have a conversation maybe you should have known you're not in a good spot um i get that from her side but amber obviously having spoken to casey felt like she had some sort of a connection she is also from big brother she's in that alumni and she thought that they would at least like you said look after each other before they take, start taking shots like the big brother alliance this season is imploding on itself it's beautiful to see for us as viewers but one of the people that i feel like is unfairly um getting you know sort of in the middle of the crossfire here is someone like amber uh, and i'm really happy that amber has found a friend in josh to a certain degree where josh mm. is sh showing her some loyalty he is showing that he is not going to be like Casey and Fessy in this case and he's not going to just write her off and that's something I think that is admirable about Josh and um, obviously he's doing it for his own game to a certain degree as well but I also think that everything that I've heard about Josh as a person outside of the game for seasons and seasons now with contestants going on to podcasts saying that you need to know Josh outside of the game. He's actually a good guy. He's a super loyal and nice guy. I think we're probably seeing it on the show now for the first time where for mm -hmm. a long time we were like, we just, I never got the, the Josh love at all from other contestants and people that have played with him before. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just don't understand it. And, and uh, to me, the Casey having that conversation with Amber, but still coming out being like, we can't trust her. We need to throw her into the elimination comes off more shady than saying Fessy, who didn't have a conversation, sending her in. Now, if there was a conversation and he shook her hand and then sent her in, that was like the shadiest of the shade, but he didn't do that. They just didn't have a conversation. So I can't fault Fessy too much for that. I still think it's a dumb move. Uh, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. I mean, she's going to be a number on your side, but I mean, to each their own type of thing but uh yeah it's just i just don't understand it and it's on something it's on something or someone that's not putting the information out there for us as the audience whether it's the contestants and the confessionals not giving us a good reason or enough reason or evidence of why 
that nobody likes Amber or why they can't trust her, or it's on the editors not showing us any proof or giving us enough information. So I just don't get it. I, I really, like, I put it out there. Yeah, 100%. Rodrigo, welcome to the live stream. Uh, there's no reason for hate on Amber. Sorry, she she took her only her rookie season to win, unlike most people who's been doing this for years and they still haven't won. And I think that that kind of also goes into why there's some hate mm -hmm. um, on Amber. I think that some of these people that have tried for so long, and, and, and to me, it was immensely satisfying when Amber won last season because even last season, she was counted out and sort of disregarded. She was like the stepsister or the stepchild within that relationship where nobody really cared about her um and then you have people like fessy and casey who think that they're they're all that they're the athletes on the show they should have won by mm -hmm. now uh, josh who's also at that point really tried to win uh, but i don't fault josh because he is like again like i said he's bettering himself every season you know like even physically he's really putting in the work mm -hmm. but you know to me it was super satisfying seeing this new person come from the side and become the first big brother player to win the challenge and it's something that they'll never be able to take away from her and i feel like there is a little bit of resentment there is a little bit of hate and then you brought up brought up a really really good point about big t also hating on her i don't understand it big t you don't have that many friends in this house this season you should be grabbing onto any past relationships that you have this is like one of the few rookies from last season that came back again to play you should be yeah. grabbing onto that but i think that big t is very good socially uh, or understands the social dynamic of the house very well where mm -hmm. it's easier for her to be in the side of the house and not stand out and go to the amber side in this situation because um I don't think Amber's got that many friends around her. And if she didn't have Josh, I think that she would have been going on, going in down there every single episode. And I'm very interested to see what CT's thoughts are on this whole Amber hate because, you know, he's someone that worked really well with Amber last season and we just don't get him saying anything um, about this. So I'm really interested in that. Yeah, it's with the big T. I mean, first of all, Big T's partner, Jeremiah and Amber are very close with each other. So, I mean, that could be like a little trio right there. And then you could just like branch out from that and grab Josh. Josh has Devin. I mean, you could just start to snowball some of the, some of the, the pairings and connections and stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, this is like CT isn't being shown stepping up for Amber or big T. Maybe he doesn't want to like put his neck out on the line for him because they are, like so far out there with everybody and he wants to keep in good social standings. I mean, you hope that he's being a good friend to them off camera and when they're not being shown on camera, but you never know. I mean, I, it's just weird. Love by you says that Esther is also doubling down in the after show saying that mm -hmm. Amber did in fact know. So I'm curious why would Esther lie about that? And people this season seem to agree with it. Um, it's interesting because I, I haven't seen this this time around. I didn't have time to watch the after show prior to the podcast. So I'll go back and watch that afterwards. But, you know, for me, I think that, and again, I can only speculate. I think that they kind of assumed that she should know because Fessy and her never really had a chat. They never really said that they were good with each other. So maybe they were just assuming, no, she sh should definitely have known. But Fessy kind of, even in the confessional here, says that, you know, you should be more angry at the other people who knew about it who didn't tell you. So he's agreeing that she didn't know because he mm -hmm. says that they should have told you. Well, they wouldn't have to tell her if she knew she was going down. So there's some really confusing mixed messages about what happened here. Um, and I still think that, you know, Rodrigo is right. There is a bit of jealousy over Amber. I think they're projecting on her because she is 
probably a really nice person. And like I said, um, love by you, um, you know, at the end of the day, I understand where Esther is coming from. Esther is an African woman. I come from South Africa. I've seen this growing up. Culturally, African women stand by their men. And Fessy is her partner in this game, so she's going to back him no matter what and whatever his view is. So I fully, fully appreciate that in any case. Um, I guess the other really big part here is that, you know, you get a whole blow up because of a pizza. And, you know, I, I've had some of those hungry nights coming out from town and, you know, having a dirty old pie or like in, in, in New Zealand and in South Africa in the Southern Hemisphere, a pie is not like a dessert like you have over in um, uh, in America. It's a little bit different. It's like a meat pie mm -hmm. that you cook in an oven. So I thought I'd just clarify that. I know some places in America call a, a pizza pie, a pizza pie or something like that, but it's not that. But anyways, I've had some comfort food after going out into town sometimes. So I get it. But there's a whole blow up here that Tory sort of starts, which is really funny. Yeah, I mean, th so this could be technically Pizzagate, I guess, 3.0 now in the challenge. <laughs> I mean, Pizzagate 1 was uh, Marie and Brad in Vendettas, where she was taking a pizza back to her room, and Brad blew up on her after she threw pizza on him while they were, he was in bed with Brittany. And then Pizzagate 2 we saw happen last season with uh, Casey and CT, and, I mean, that involved Josh as well. So that was a big blow up. And now this one, I mean, I think I think Amber was really looking forward to that pizza. And then at the end of the day, it didn't even come down to the pizza because when she went to go talk to Fessy, this is when like Fessy was like, well, I could tell you something else, but I'm going to leave it at the pizza. And I think this is where he was. I think this is where he was trying to throw shade at Josh. And I think that's another thing where people are thinking that she knew because Josh and Fessy are supposedly each other's number ones. And if they're that close, Josh knew that Fessy was wanting to send in Amber. Yeah, Josh was partnered with Amber. He should have let her know. And I think that's where Fessy was going to be like, I'm going to drop a bomb on her right now. Like, I'm going to tell her right now that Josh knew and she he didn't tell her. And that's, he, that's who she should be mad at, not me for sending her into the elimination. But it didn't happen that way. It did not happen that way at all. And... Mm -hmm. uh, Shout out to Corey in this episode. He was doing the most. Uh, my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite part was when Amber was coming at Fessy while he was sitting on the couch. And then Corey kept on saying, stand up if you're a snake. Stand up. And then he, <laughs> Fessy stood up in that moment. It was just really funny. It was like, oh, come on now. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. Best, best part of the episode. And then also, love by you saying, uh, Drew was right. Tori is an instigator um, and it's true, but I love it. Like, I mean, I reckon that the episode would have been pretty boring without this scene. Like this, this actually brought a little bit of excitement to, to the whole thing for me. Um, Amber, clearly she reminded me of any ex-girlfriend that I've had where they remember, they don't forget. They might not talk to you immediately about what's bothering them or what's on mm -hmm. their mind, but you bet you, if you do one thing wrong, like forget to take out the trash one night, you know, that's going to be a whole different conversation about what happened a year ago, you know, and it's all going to come up at that exact moment. And that's kind of what this whole scene reminded me of. And Amber just goes and she unloads here on Fessy in this episode. And Tori continues to instigate and say, Hey, Where's Josh? Let's go get Josh. And Devin gets up there and says, no, no, don't get Josh. Anyone but Josh, you know, barricade the doors, lock him in, hit him with a tranquilizer dart and don't let him come out because obviously Devin is trying to protect Josh in this scenario because he's yeah. working really closely with Josh. And I really, really am enjoying the Devin and Josh relationship that's evolving 
going from being these two enemies to working together. Um, really, really good stuff here. And I think that that's a, a partnership and a duo that Josh can gain from more in the future compared to what he's had with these big brother people in the game, you know? And, and it's going to be interesting because these are real life friends that are fighting mm -hmm. here. How is this going to sort of, I guess, um, you know, evolve into their real life and, and what they do outside of the show? Because the show is such a small part of what they do. It's their job. But it's kind of like when you work with friends, you know, like you, it's yeah. sometimes it's not a good thing. If you're, if your friends are not on the same page as you, like I always try and not introduce friends to the workplace that I work at, if that makes sense. Right. And um, one thing I will say is a comment that I read in, in uh, my tiny table talk today, uh, a commenter by D money raw talked about how, uh, Tori on the official challenge podcast. I did not listen to this, but this is what he said. He said that, that Tori, lied and said that she was the one that said that oh fessy ate the pizza kind of thing and that it was her idea it was not her idea she said that a cameraman told her to tell amber Aww. that fessy ate the pizza so it's like okay so not even these so to hear that a cast member is not even wanting to stir the pot and think what's cool for like entertainment and ratings type of thing it's like the people that are there going like we need to stir some stuff up let's give them some ideas but i mean the one thing I will say is like Corey was just going nuts. Like he was going <laughs> Olympic style going like, this is it. Come on now. Like get Josh <laughs> in here. Uh, so I have to give it up for him. Uh, I, yeah. The Josh and Devin partnership is great for multiple reasons. Like they want to work together. They want, they seem like genuine friends inside the game and outside the game like they understand mm. each other they listen to each other i think this is a good like relationship and bond and i think this is something josh has been wanting in the game i think so many people discount him and underrate him but devin sees him as an equal and they mm. want to run the final with each other and i think this is why josh seems so level-headed at the beginning of this fight he's not coming out yelling or anything i think he just feels like he's actually being understood in the game finally. And I love it for him because I feel like he's feeling like he actually has a good chance in this game and, and in this season, instead of just being a tag along number. And he's actually like opening up his eyes and coming at people that are, he's feeling like are doing wrong against him. I will hmm. say that I think this was short lived as there have been uh, Instagram photos and photos posted of both Fessy and Josh hanging out with each other in like vacations outside of the game uh, during the off season after this season had already wrapped up. So uh, whether this was just a heat of the moment type of thing or, or what it, it doesn't seem to have lasted long enough and to be holding grudges outside of the game uh, as one may think. Well, you know, Casey calls them brothers and, you know, I've got a brother personally and me and my brother have had some fisticuff fights in the past, you know, growing up. It's one of the things, you know, it's what brothers do. We fight, you know, and mm -hmm. sometimes maybe in the heat of the moment they did fight, but they probably just realized that their life outside of the game is so much more important than what happened inside of the game. So oh, yeah. I fully, I fully, <clears throat> sorry, I fully appreciate that. You know, um, I think one of the other really funny, funny things to this scene was where we see Nelson eating a pizza and Christina sort of called that, you know, in the middle of it, like there's literally like 
arms flying, people all around. And he's like huddled in between like bodies, just sitting there having his pizza, watching with these eyes, just looking at it, having the time of his life, you know. And it was so funny to see, you know, and him saying that, you know, Fessy might be playing this whole game like I'm a nice guy this season. I've changed my 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 ways, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, the snake's going to come out of the woodwork. And, <laughs> you know, does he think Josh is right here? Yes, he does. And that's why I think that Josh, to me, has more longevity in this game if he plays his hand right. I think you're right. Um, Josh has got the young bucks on his side. He's got mm-hmm. a lot of other people. He's got a lot of pull within Devin and Devin and Kyle are close. You know, um, even Amanda's talking to Fessy here, saying to Fessy, you're in the wrong. You should go back and have a conversation with him. You're not really taking his views into account. And we know that Josh and Amanda's also got a relationship because they've worked together in the past. They're also friends. So, you know, Josh's work, this is the accumulation of a lot of seasons of hard work building these relationships to be in the spot that he's in in this specific season. And between us, all of us seeing this, we're no fools. Fessy mm-hmm. was selfish. He was selfish in putting um, Amber down that specific round. The whole point of why Josh was angry is that he was potentially going to get another partner that could be a rookie, which would put yeah. him in danger potentially. He wanted to be in a vet-vet um, pairing because he knew that would keep him safe. And Fessy did not care about that. And he didn't trust, uh, I guess, in Josh to keep Amber under wraps. There's no way Fessy would have gone down if he didn't betray um, Amber and uh, specifically Josh in this situation because Josh wouldn't have allowed for it to happen even if Amber wanted to do it because he's that kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. And I mean... At that point, Josh and Amber were working really well with each other. Mm. I mean, they got second place in the missile sabotage game and they were doing they were doing a good job. And I think Josh was like, I have a winner. I have a big brother player on my side and we actually work well with each other. We get each other. So why wouldn't Fessy want to have another strong team behind him? So in case he and Esther don't win, they have that backup. But it puts his uh game in jeopardy by being split from amber because now was is he going to get emmy and now how are they going to work are they not even going to show up to the challenges are they not going to be able to compete at a high level like josh wants to win anything and everything he wants to get all the power at every single point he wants to keep that in his alliance group so i mean that's where his line is of uh, where his mind is thinking and yes he has to think of his own game so with casey and fezzy going like oh he's just thinking about his own game yeah, he has to. Like, of course he is going to yeah. think of that, but they were a strong team. Like, come on now. Like, they were doing well. Like, I don't know. It was, it's really frustrating. And I do want to mention, before we get too far away from it, the drink thrown in Amber's face yes. with Esther. Um, I don't know. I felt like, I knew, I know Esther's going to have Fessy's back. I just felt like Esther escalated things to another level that didn't need to, where it was just kind of unnecessary with like the scream at the top of her lungs to get everybody to calm down or to look at her, but it didn't stop anything. People were still yelling. People were still instigating after that scream. So it just was just an added high pitched noise on top of more noise. And then uh, Amber wasn't even talking to Esther when she threw the drink in her face. And then Esther, I have to give it to Amber She didn't attack Esther. She didn't get into Esther's face after the drink was thrown. She just was like wiping her face. She was talking to Josh to like, like have her point be made or known or like to try to get like, this is what I'm trying to say type of thing. And Josh Mm. is like trying to get in the middle of both of them, which 
Josh is in an awkward spot. He was actually the level-headed one in the beginning of this fight. I mean, it just it's just weird. It was just a weird escalation that did not need to happen, but I I got to get the props to Amber. She did not take it to another level. She didn't attack Esther. She didn't attack anybody. We just got the confessional of her going, I've never been disrespected like this by another woman having a drink thrown in my face. And that was it. I mean, she didn't even like uh, hit anybody or attack anybody. She just was very calm in this moment. Granted, she was yelling at Vessi, but I would say it's relatively calm in this moment, especially when Josh then turns it up. (laughs) He was like, you want me to put you in your place, Fessy? I will. Let's go. And then all of a sudden, it just went to a whole nother level. <laughs> I, I want to I want to talk about this as well, because you raised some good points. Like one of the things that comes to mind for me is like Amber, you know, I feel like in some ways she's too much of a normal person for reality TV. I feel mm-hmm. like she probably doesn't fit in that well with this group of people. And I am fearful that the experience that she's having out there and with the experience of last season um, and just having followed her social media and the things that she's put out on social media at certain times, talking about mental health and all those Mm -hmm. kind of things. Like I am concerned that this will turn Amber off from doing the challenge in the future. I'm really concerned that her experience out there might be of such a nature where she just thinks, do I need this stress and drama in my life? Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I shouldn't be coming back. Um, People will say, listen, you know what you're getting yourself into coming onto a show like The Challenge. You should be prepared for it. But I can very easily see her think to herself, this is it for me. I, I don't really need to prove much else. I've I've won some good money. I've become a champion at this, you know, mm-hmm. um, and maybe she doesn't return. I hope that doesn't happen, but I think it's a very likely, there's a high likelihood that that, that could happen. Um, and also to address the Esther part of it, I agree with you. It was not on to throw, if there was water, it was a wine glass. I don't know if there was wine in it or water in it, whatever she threw in her face. It's not on. It's never on to do anything like that. It's pretty disrespectful. I get that. Um, I can see how a lot of people who don't have the understanding of where Esther is coming from and why she's so loyal. American audiences may be looking at that and saying, we don't really like Esther too much at this point. And I, especially since Fessy is not someone that's liked and she's coming across as someone that's really fighting for him in this um, episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I don't, I don't discredit that. I can, I would fully understand if people come from that angle. I do think that Esther's done enough this season already to come back again, because she's definitely proving that she's not going to be someone that's going to bring, be boring. She's going to have st- strong opinions. She's going to be good at competitions. She brings mm-hmm. that international audience to the show, which I know doesn't always translate into live viewers as soon as the show goes live, but I'm sure that it does translate translate into people watching it online and things like that afterwards. So um, hats off to her. And then hats off to the producers for manufacturing this moment, because it was the best moment of the episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was so good that they decided to cut it off halfway through. Like, I was I was shocked. I can't tell you the look on my face and how I looked because I didn't look at my TV guide. When I turned the channel over there, I just knew what the channel was. So I was just like, all right, let's do this thing. And I was fully ready. I was invested in this fight. And then all of a sudden, just to see those names pop at the bottom of the screen flickering really fast as they were, like, closing out the episode, I was like, what are we? This is only an hour. What are we doing? We can't stop now. We have to at least get to bed. Well, I thought we would get to the deliberation at least, but nope, they cut it off. They said that's enough. 
And it was over. And I was shocked. I was shocked when I went to the tvguide.com because that's the only place I knew to look at the schedule. And not only is this episode an hour, but next episode, next week's episode is an hour. So it's just like, what? Like, it was just like baffling to me. Like, we were in the middle of this fight. Finally, some action happening. And then we get the Fessy pushing Josh's face and then cut to black and preview the next episode. Everybody head on out. We're going to show you a redo of uh, old cribs episode yeah i think the straw that broke the camel's back was uh joss screaming you haven't won a season yet because you know obviously joss is one big brother you know and uh, <laughs> casey's one big brother and, and fessy's the only non-winner there um, and i think that that probably just put him over the edge but you know making contact on someone's face uh, in the way that he did, even though it was with an open hand it was kind of like a shove more than anything else um you know tj coming in uh, I, I am sort of worried for Fessy here. He could be in some serious trouble. You know, he could. This could be the end of his game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, and if it's just a little fake out, you know, to keep people interested going into the next episode. Um, but we haven't seen anybody get physical like this. I mean, Turbo was removed for le for less than that. Like Turbo didn't actually even put a hand on Jordan in that season. It was just the fact that he was willing to go there and you know, obviously the um, security struggling to contain them um, that, that they thought, okay, we need to get this guy away from here, but this is actual contact made here. And um, wasn't it uh, in the season where Devin was in as well with bananas, where he ended up being sent home as well for doing something very similar. There was like some sort of a, or was it, I can't remember. Something happened between Johnny bananas and Devin. I think it was like way back as well. Um, sometimes, you know, just having contact with the face is enough for TJ to say, Hey, this is gone. You, you, this is it for you. I think what you're ref referencing is Pastagate that happened back in the day uh, in Final Reckoning where Corey swept the leg yes. on Tony. And that's when Bananas and Devin were having a fight. But because Corey had to be taken out of the game, Devin was, was taken out. out of the game as well. Yeah. Um, to even go back one season, well, two seasons uh, before that even happened, this is very hearkening to Nelson pushing Derek's face when they were having a scuffle on the balcony at Dirty 30, when coming home after a night out of drinking, Nelson was talking about how the Young Bucks are here, going to take out all the old men, take out all the old competition. Derek says something, and that instigates a fight. And that's when Nelson does exactly this. He does exactly what Fessy does in this episode, and Nelson was taken out. So to me, if I was a betting man, I would be putting all my money that Fessy is getting DQ'd. Now it's the other stuff, though, is like, will Josh be taken out of the game for instigating? Will it be because he was directly like in the middle of all of this? Will Esther be taken out? Because we have seen not recently, but in past seasons of the challenge, like season 17 or season 18, where uh, Brad was drunk as a skunk. And then he decided to pick a fight with Darrell, uh, a boxer a well-trained mm -hmm. boxer, and he decided yeah. he was going to start a fight with Darrell. Darrell pummels his face into mush, but both men were taken out because Brad was the one instigating, and he was also drunk, and I just think that they were like, okay, your game's over. So it's it's not so much a question is if Fessy's going to be disqualified, because I think it's a foregone co conclusion that he's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be who else could possibly be sent home and will that be a factor in anything and i think that could be interesting if both fessy and josh are taken out of this game casey is left with 
no big brother people except for mm-hmm. Amber. Uh, and what does that mean for her game? I think she will be well padded because of the vet Alliance, because she is so close with Nani and with her comes many friends, but yeah, I just don't know what could happen. I don't think Josh will be taken out of the game. Uh, I, I don't think so. I, don't think I, so. I, I honestly, I honestly think Josh is okay. I mean, the producers love Josh, by the way. Like, I mean, last season there was this specific scene where him and Devin got into it and he shoved Devin so hard yeah. onto a couch where that was like next level. Like the, the force that Fessy connected with, you know, the face. I think the, the, the problem here is that he connected on the face where um, when Josh did that, he kind of shoved him on the shoulders into um, one of the couches behind them. Uh, I... I thought back then, I thought, okay, for sure, Josh is going to get in some trouble here. Josh is probably going to go home. Like, you can't get physical like that. Plus, by the way, if we're talking about Easter throwing something in someone's face, Josh also did that to Kyle last season as well. So, you know, this is not the first time that someone's done something like this. So we have to be um, neutral in in regards to this and call it out when we've seen it in the past. But, you know, I think that um, Josh is probably safe. He's probably going to get a strong talking to in regards to cooling it down and the way that he speaks. But I mean, to me, this was a very mild Josh compared to what we've seen in the past. Like, you know, yes, he was going at him. He was verbally attacking him and saying things to him. But we've seen a lot more from Josh in the past. And if he hasn't been removed for things in the past, I don't know how it happens this time around. Um, I hope it doesn't happen because I don't want Josh's game to go down in flames this way. This is not the way I want to see him go out of this game. I think that he's done enough this season for us to look at him and say, let's see what he can do with Devin. Mm. Um, Because this also affects Devin's game negatively in a a big way if he does go. And um, I want Devin to stick around. I want that alliance to continue to grow and and turn into something. One thing I don't want to see, though, next season is both Josh and Fessy back on the screens with Casey and this trio just continue to play the game together and there being nothing interesting about the dynamics and the social politics within the game because i feel like we've just been watching one long season with the big brother alliance now that every single season it's the exact same thing and it's becoming pretty boring you know speaking the truth here um said that do we think because it's so boring and it's so predictable in the sense of what's happening here could we see a winners of the uh sorry war of the world's twist uh for season one where they actually split the pairs into singles and they all had to go and play for themselves do you think there is a possibility that the producers might make a change like that and do you think that producers make these changes on the challenge on the fly or is it really pre-planned before the season starts because in my mind i'm thinking they probably plan the format of the show way in advance and it's not Mm -hmm. just based on the season and how things are going i mean we've had some boring seasons in the past that they just went on and did the same theme throughout even when people figured it out like the skull twist is a good example yeah i don't think the challenge is very flexible in that way. I think they plan things out very meticulously. I mean, if they were to be able to change things up and kind of like make things less predictable, I think they would have done it in the ruins when the champs were just absolutely demolishing the, uh, when they were demolishing the, cha- uh, the challengers. I mean, they were winning every single week. I mean, it was a bloodbath. It was really, really bad. So I think we can see with survivor that if something gets too stale, like they'll swap up, they'll do like three tribes instead of two tribes. They'll do uh, all these different swaps in case. I feel like that's a little bit more of the flexible side, but I I just don't see the challenge being that flexible uh, with their formats and stuff. I just think that they're just going to, they come up with something and they're just going to just 
head straight for it. Like we're just going, we're going on this road and that's it. Like we're going to ride or die with this format and hopefully it's everybody will like it. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird scenario, but I agree with you that back in the day there was the J E K Alliance and they were thick as thieves. They were never going to turn on each other. They were never going to hate on each other. Johnny, uh, Evan and Kenny were always going to work with each other if they were on the season with each other, but they never did a season. They did seasons away from each other. Like Mm -hmm. Kenny was on fresh meat Two. neither bananas nor Evan were on that season. Uh, The duel only Evan was on. Well, no, Kenny was on that season as well, but I mean, Kenny was gone. And so Evan was there on that season by himself for a while. I think the duel Two only uh, Evan was on that one. So, I mean, they all had to do their own thing. We've seen Bananas on a ton of seasons. Now, there's a lot of seasons. I may have gotten some of those confused, or I just know that they weren't all at the end with each other on some of those. Uh, But they didn't do all the seasons together. So it's just weird seeing this Big Brother trio get to go to every single season, and they're just there. Like, Like you said, it's just one long season because there's no turmoil in between them. They don't seem to really get frustrated with each other except until this episode or this season. But then when you look back out in the real world, they're fine with each other again. So if they were brought onto another season, they would just be back to normal with the big brother Alliance. And it's just like, my goodness, like, I don't think there's been an Alliance that could just be here over and over and over again, that people just are like, can we just have one, maybe Casey just do a season, see how her social politics are on. Or we've seen Josh only on the season, but can we have like, just Fessy, just Casey, maybe Fessy and Josh, or just just a just a different combination than all three of them on the season. Because I feel like one of them, or we could have a different strategy with them, the different gameplay, and maybe you can bring that opens up a spot for another person that could really start to shine in the challenge, or be a new rookie, or be a new fan favorite. No, 100%. I agree with you on that. And also, just um, out of interest's sake, in the beginning of the episode, I put out a poll to say, who do we think gets the award for being the messiest player this episode? And it was between Joss, Esther, Amber, and Fessy. Um, Obviously, Messi Fessy took the prize at 44% of the vote going to uh, Fessy. There were 28% of people who said Esther was the messiest player mm. this episode, and 22% saying Josh was the messiest, and then 6% said that Amber was the messiest out of those four options. So um, I don't think there's any big shock, but definitely interesting <laughs> to sort of find out what people are thinking. I also want to look at our draft. Now, obviously on our draft, we're not going to lose anyone this episode because we didn't have um, anyone go down into the lair, but I do think it might be fun to speculate who we think the house vote would be going into this next episode and potentially who do we think will go up against them. Um, And based on what we've seen on the edit, I guess this episode, I think that two people that are kind of guaranteed to go down, obviously is going to be Yui and Emmy. They're probably going to be what I assume would be the house vote. Um, It's an easy house vote without having to sort of muddy the water and get in trouble. If there is a vote reveal at any stage or something like that, I think a lot of people will not want to take the risk Mm -hmm. of going against veterans here. Um, Who do you think are the most likely people that are going to go up against them? And also how do you think that's going to shape out knowing that the next um, elimination is the old famous hall brawl that is going to be up? I think this is going to be interesting, especially if, we do get 
TJ coming to the house before anything happens or even after maybe probably before the deliberation, he'll probably make a morning house call. And I mean, he even says in the preview that when he makes a house call, it's never for a good thing. And to me, I think that means that Fessy could be leaving as soon as possible after they review the tapes and everything. So, I mean, it looks like Chantel could lose a player and then, uh, and then we get to the deliberation. Yeah. Yeah, And then it'll just be a, a, a women's elimination. So, I mean, Huey probably dodged a bullet this time. And so now it's going to be Emmy. And I mean, you don't know what could happen. Maybe it could be Berna going up against Emmy because uh, CT doesn't seem to be caring about his uh, team or pairing with her. Um, Maybe, maybe it could be Esther going on or Priscilla. Um, It could, it could be Amber. It could be Amber Uh, or, Here's the thing, Casey losing Fessy, her seemingly number one, now has to make nice with Josh, who is now she's looking for rebounds with numbers, maybe is going to want to work with Josh and Amber being mm-hmm. the new big brother squad now with that trio. And maybe she's going to lean more heavily on Priscilla or uh, Bettina. There is a, there is a, there is a scene in this episode I just remembered now talking about it where Priscilla and Esther are in the gym and Priscilla talks about how the only three rookie women that haven't been down to the lair is Priscilla, Bettina, and Esther, which makes me feel like it's going to be probably either Priscilla or Esther maybe that could be getting mm. a shine on. And I mean, Esther was doing the most this episode while Priscilla seems to be trying to be a covert assassin as she calls herself. So it it could be that it could be, it could be that situation going on. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't really uh, fault your thinking there, so I'm not going to add too much to it. I think it's pro- you probably figured out the um, Da Vinci code there. It's going to be probably between Priscilla and Esther based mm-hmm. on what we saw in the edit is the most likely. I think Amber um, quite like you quite rightfully said, probably will start um, getting a little bit of, relief for now i think she's still one of the low-hanging fruit when it comes to the vets um similar with big t and herself probably two people that could see eliminations uh in the near future but there is still a lot of rookie girls for them to decide on um so it'll be interesting to see who actually comes out winning this one because esther talked up her own abilities as a, a challenger saying that a lot of people are fearing her at this point because of what she's doing maybe that's enough for people not to put her in and put priscilla in instead um but i think an emmy versus esther hall brawl would be very interesting because they're both two scrappy players i don't know who would come out on that situation being the winner um i would not want to bet against either one of them uh, i think if priscilla and emmy were to go in against each other that emmy probably would slightly have the upper hand it's very difficult to make that call because we haven't seen too much of Priscilla up until this point. Mm. Um, I've always said that she gets key confessionals at key times, which makes me think that she's going to go deep into this game. Her edit kind of reminds me in some ways a little bit of Amber's edit last season and the way that the editors edited her in the early stages of that season. Um, And, the thing and the only reason I'm saying if Priscilla does go down, she may go out before Emmy is because Priscilla to me comes across more as um, more like a girl's girl, not the the brawler type of girl that Emmy is. I mean, Emmy is definitely going to go and uh, I think do pretty well. Now, we didn't address this, uh, Drew. Would you buy the single Alien when it comes out? Did you did you like the song? Because it seemed like everybody out there did like it. 
I mean, it is out. I mean, you can get it on Spotify. Oh. I think she she dropped it on the 14th of September. I mean, it, it was good. I need to hear the full version because we got very much so a ton of acapella from not only the episode, but the aftermath. I thought they were going to show more of the clip, but they were like, no, we're going to hear some we're going to hear some acapella. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up one last time is um, Tori mentioning in the confessional after them leaving and uh, Casey and Emmanuel were uh, crowned the winners. That's when Tori was like, I don't know what Casey could do. She's so unpredictable. And then even Casey gets a confessional here saying like, I wonder who's going to take the first shot. Uh, spoiler alert. Fessy already took the shot, Casey. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that kind of shows like maybe maybe she would take a shot at somebody, but who would it be if it's if it's one of the vets? And also, if she's not counting Fessy's shot to Amber, then she's not looking at Amber as a shot. Uh, she's not looking at her as like a vet or anything like that. So I don't know if she would necessarily go that route. But I mean, Amber's Amber would be low hanging fruit to, th to send into the hall brawl. But also, we saw Amber kill it in two hall brawls last season. So I mean. Oh yeah, I, I, I would if if she goes in there, I think she's do well. She'll do well. Yeah, I don't, yeah. If you're if you're Casey and you're wanting to throw in Amber, I think you're second guessing it once you see the hall brawl going like, oh gosh, well, if I send her in, then she's definitely probably going to be coming back because she's mastered this twice last season. Mm -hmm. Granted, I think Emmy could be a little bit more more of a stronger she's build talking. than Amber M, but I mean, she we saw Tori demolish Jenny in war of the worlds too, when I think a lot of people had their money on Jenny, but because she was mm. a rookie, they were friends and she didn't know how the hall brawl worked, but Tori did. I mean, it, you never know. You never know when you go in down there. I'll, I'll back Amber. If she does go down there, Amber's are, you know, she's got rugby experience and, yeah. um, rug, rugby is a physical sport, you know, so she's used to getting hit by girls. You know, it's, it's quite strange looking at a girl like Amber thinking that she's a rugby player. Cause she's such a beautiful looking girl. Like, you know, you think to yourself, <laughs> why would you want to put yourself in a situation where somebody's going to smash into you and you don't have headgear on, like you've got an American football, you know? So it's a, it's a pretty brutal sport, you know, at least in this, she gets, fully padding on her she's got headgear on when she goes into the whole brawl she'll be yeah. fine she'll be comfortable in that situation um i think we pretty much touched on everything for this episode that i wanted to touch on unless there's something else from your end that you wanted to mention if not um let us know what you're doing next on your channel or what's coming up over the next week on uh, angel cake yeah, I don't I don't think we uh I think we touched on every single thing and more. I think before we even yeah. started rolling, you were like I, I think we got 30 or 40 minutes uh and yeah. look at us now. <laughs> look where we're at. Uh started from the bottom. Now we're here. Um yeah, no. Uh so I know I've been talking about this Kara video for a long time. I did a ton of research. I watched a ton of episodes. But it was almost like Every, like peeling an onion the more i kept on pulling back or i was like oh yeah i should do research on this and when i looked into like podcast interviews or uh video interviews that she's done and looking into some of the stuff that paulie has done and social media stuff and all of a sudden i'm like peeling more and more back why aren't they why haven't they been back on the challenge and what's the real reasons and all this other mm. stuff so it's like there's a lot more than just like, oh, I'm just going to document her evolution in the challenge because there's so much more to that. There's so much more personality. Like we said, 
these are people outside of the game as well. So by the time I opened that up, I just felt like I was getting overwhelmed with the deadline I put on myself and then how much more research I was doing and wanting to make the script and everything really succinct. So I had to move the deadline for that. So that's I'm having coming out a couple of weeks later. I have a new video that I'm very excited about. Um, and so that's coming out this Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, I'm looking forward to pivoting and doing this video. I'm very excited about it. Uh, so keep an eye out for that on Angel Cake Entertainment. And yeah, and then I have the car video. I'm also uh, in the middle of doing a West video. Uh, he made an Instagram post talking about how he is doing a lot of cool, fun stuff outside of the challenge. And he is not going to take any challenge offers, whether it's the main season or a spinoff for a while. Wow. So to me, it made me feel like I want to do a West video. So I'm going to be doing a documentary on West here coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be putting in a lot of work and effort on that as well, along with other really, really fun videos and survivors coming back. I'm looking into uh, covering that season as well, but in a fun, different way than just getting in front of a green screen and talking about it. So I'm, I'm playing around with a lot of stuff in my mind and, uh, I can't wait for Survivor to come back. Let's just be real. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, is your new content that you're working on going to be interactive, like the Survivor season is going to be interactive, or what are you thinking about? Can you uh, tease it? Uh, so I wanted, I want to make it more like, because I love movies and I love TV shows and I like different things besides just reality TV. And I did a mm. video, uh, the the WTF moments, uh, where I got to have play around with it, where I had like talked about stuff that happened, but I put in a lot of pop culture stuff to kind of like mirror some of the stuff that was happening. And I found it funny. A lot of people found it funny. So I was like, I would like to do more stuff like that. So I would like to do something different with say covering survivor. than I don't know. A lot of people just like get in front of mics and just, just go through the whole episode. And then that's it. Like, so I yeah. want to do something a little bit different, a little bit more out there and uh, really push myself content wise and see if people like it see if people like something different than than me just doing tiny table talk for the uh for survivor uh yeah but it's also something different because the i've only done one other survivor season that was winners at war where i knew everybody because i watched the show this is completely new random people and i'm just excited i'm a, i'm just i'm i'm with everybody else i'm very excited to have survivor back after a long hiatus so this is gonna be it's interesting. gonna be fun it's oh, going to yeah. be fun. So I guess on the subject of Survivor, I just interviewed the latest winner of Survivor South Africa last evening. That's available on our channel as well. What Thanks. a crazy, crazy season. Still one of my favorite seasons, um, I think, overall. Uh, we also will be doing our recap of the finale in about uh, four hours from now. We'll be live back on here as well to do our finale recap, followed by tomorrow doing a retrospective on Australian Survivors, Brains versus Brawns, with a couple of fans and also Adam Jimba jumping on to that one as well. So a lot of content dropping. Obviously, the Survivor buffs are going to start putting out more and more content on Reality Pop for this season of Survivor. Um, we've got Big Brother recaps coming on. And then again, next week, myself, Drew, and Chantel should be back for the Challenge Insiders um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday to talk about the latest episode of the Challenge. I can't wait to talk to you about that and to finally have a result and not this cliffhanger in regards to what <laughs> happened in this specific round of the Challenge. But Drew, it's been a lot of fun talking to you and um, we'll do it again uh, next week. I can't wait. And uh, I can't wait to have Chantel back.
Yeah, 100%. You know, we need her her looking at those relationships, giving us great insights. But she does so much more than that. But it's, it always oh, yeah. feels strange for two guys to sit here and try and delve into um, what's happening between these two people as a couple right here. And, you know, I don't know. I'm just not that romantic type in general. But I think we try to do the best that we can with what we had, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I watched some Hallmark movies. <laughs> yeah oh well there you go all right guys <laughs> it was good talking to you um all thanks for the live crowd as always and we will see you guys next time goodbye